0: Hey there, marketing friends, it's Misty. Thanks so much for listening in to this episode of Marketing Sweats. This year marks Samantle's 40-ish year in business, so to celebrate, this season we're featuring Samantleites sharing their point of pride, stories about work they've done that makes them proud. In this episode, I'm chatting with Clay Deal, our Associate Media Director. Clay's story is a little different than the rest. Rather than singling out a specific project or piece of work he's involved in, Clay chose simply working at Samantle as his point of pride. As one of the owners of Samantha, Clay's Point of Pride makes me proud. I'm proud of the culture that we've built, and I'm proud of the humans that help bring it to life every day. Give it a listen, and you'll see why. Okay, today we have Clay Deal, one of my absolute favorite Semanolites. Clay came years ago when I was overseeing our strategy division and did some interviews with me after he had a wildly varied career, and I <laughs> fell in love with Clay from the start. He's one of these people that just has a big personality and a big voice, and I have come to really appreciate his influence at Samanal. So Clay, thank you for being here today and sharing your point of pride.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And then that's going to be a tough intro to live up to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a good conversation for sure. Well, with that, why don't we start there? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you found Samantle in the first place?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm right here in Peoria, Illinois, Samantle headquarters. I've lived here my entire life. Graduated from Richwoods High School way back in 1995. Knew that I wanted to do something with higher education, wasn't exactly sure what. I'd looked at a few various colleges to go to. I would really thought I wanted to go into sports psychology at the time. Couldn't pull the trigger on anything that was more than 15 minutes away from Peoria. So I went to ICC, did really well my first semester, and then uh, decided that I didn't want to do school anymore. And so like literally dropped out of college. I spent the next like 16 years in various careers, positions, and different items, just learning a whole lot about life. So as we've talked about and mentioned, I went from bussing tables to waiting tables to bartending to managing a bar to selling cars and a few other odds and ends in between. So I have a long storied history as far as uh, (laughs) work goes.
0: (laughs) What do you think it was about all of those sort of people-focused roles? I mean... You're very much a salesperson, whether or not you try to be. Uh, People (laughs) want to listen to you and follow you. Was that part of it? Was that part of the psychology interest as well back in college?
1: I think part of the psychology was I've always been extremely shy, honestly, especially through grade school. And then at some point, I kind of broke out of my shell a little bit at least. But I've always enjoyed helping people. I've always enjoyed solving problems. I've always enjoyed trying to take stress away from folks and so i think that's where the psychology career aspiration kind of came in at first it's like all right this is something where i could literally probably help somebody as a career every you know every day hopefully so i think that's where it started and then evolving into sales into the other areas that i ventured Yeah, they were all like public facing roles. So serving, bartending. And so it kind of just made you come out of your shell at some point. But even within those industries, you know, especially even the car business, I enjoyed helping folks. I met such a wide variety of people, you know, from all walks of life. And end of the day, it was I was really great at selling cars. I sold a ton of them, but I didn't make a whole lot of money because I worked my managers harder than I worked the customers. So I always got what they called mini deals.
0: (laughs) Oh, I see. I get it. Cool. So I sold a
1: lot of cars. I just didn't make a whole lot of money because my customers were all my friends.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So talk a little bit about, so you went to Bradley and you said you have two degrees and you found your passion for marketing there. What was it about marketing?
1: So, yeah, I don't know, honestly, like I've always been a fan of advertising as far as good creative items like that. And so when the opportunity arose due to a career shift to go back to school, I landed back at Bradley and or not back at Bradley, but at Bradley. I finished up at ICC and actually got that associates out of the way and then transferred to Bradley and started taking some more of the basic general courses for a business degree. And I had a really interesting professor, Ron Choate, who used to be a department head at CAT and was over marketing and then purchasing for a while. And him and I had a lot of conversations and I really just enjoyed his course. And as I got to know more of the marketing professors and talk to more of them at Bradley, like that just seemed like the the perfect route for me to go.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I both have a shared love of Bradley. I have two degrees from there, and we have all those awesome professors we talk about. Absolutely. Um, great place to learn. But when you came out of school, you say that you were interested in two companies, Maui Gym and Semantal. What was it about those two that intrigued you?
1: So they both of the the entry came from two different courses that I took. One, to get done with graduating on time with two degrees. I took a master's level course in marketing and with Doctor Bond, and then there was one of the basic research courses with Doctor Mitch Griffin, sure. and in those courses, uh, Mitch had talked about doing uh, work and marketing research for Semantel, and he talked about the company and the culture uh-huh. around it, and what a you know solid place that was, and that if you were going to stay in Peoria and be in marketing, that that is the gold ring. That's where you should be at, you know. And so that piqued my interest definitely, and then. For Maui Gym, there were a couple presentations put together in the other course that talked about the Aloha culture, that talked about, you know, a lot of the same things about the great people, the company, the history, and just a great place to work. And so those two just always stuck out in my mind is like, all right, once I'm on my path and moving, like I'm going to end up working for one of these companies because they're highly respected. They're great at what they do. And that's where I want to be.
0: That's awesome. So you find Samantha. You decide you're going to apply for this associate digital strategy position, which at the time I was the manager of yeah. um, that area, and it was a new role. We didn't have associate level strategists at the time, but we were having trouble finding talent, and we needed to have more of an entry level position that could learn from some of our more senior strategists. So talk about that experience, like you did in your point of pride about interviewing for the first time and then actually coming in. I will never forget that day when you did <laughs> wear your suit, and I did. Standing up in the lounge of all places. Give us your recollection on that.
1: It was crazy. Like uh, we had the phone interview and I'd reached out to Dr. Griffin beforehand and said, hey, I still remember from your course talking about you uh, doing work with Samantha and recommending that's the place to be. I'm like, I've got an interview there. I'm interviewing with Misty and I know that she's gone through you know, Bradley and has done her EMBA there. And I think pretty sure that you were a part of the, the course selections at some point or part of the, one of the instructors or professors for it. I'm like, can you give me any insight into how I should prepare what I should do And And Mitch is like, you will love her. She's Aww. a ball of energy, but <laughs> she's highly focused and she's very, very smart. So Aww. just be on your P's and Q's. So he was yeah. like a huge fan of yours. And so uh, you and I had the phone interview and I was absolutely petrified the entire time because like I knew I wanted this job. And then, you know, when you're interviewing right off the bat with somebody who was running the the, the department there, that's a little intimidating itself. So, but the phone interview, I guess, went fairly well because I got called in for the in-person interview and it was a homework assignment about, if I recall correctly, about how I would devise a strategy to help dismantle market themselves to various individuals in like creative or digital strategy or uh, right. content and that to bring them in almost like an HR type. Yeah, approach. it was a
0: recruiting strategy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Uh, So I didn't want to do a regular PowerPoint. I never used Prezi before. It was kind of new at that, that time. So I started sketching everything out in PowerPoint and then transferred it to Prezi so I could have some cool animations. I think in the instructions it said not to spend like more than an hour, hour and a half on this. <laughs> I literally probably put in a full day's work oh, and then line. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like this, I've got to knock this out of the park. And so I put that presentation together and I pitched the strategy that I still pitch today about taking large chunks of content of projects of accomplishments and then breaking them down into smaller bit pieces that speak to the specific audiences that you're looking at and how you tell the same story in different ways across different channels and tactics to make sure that you have the maximum impact with your, with your audience. And so that's what I pitched for this. Awesome. And so, yeah, I remember being in the lounge in my suit and like the shades were partway up. And so the sun's coming in right on me. I'm dying of heat and so nervous. Um, But yeah, you know, I think it went pretty well. And uh, lo and behold, before I knew it, there was an email from uh, HR at that point in time, you know, with an offer. And I talked to my wife that night. I think I accepted the next day.
0: That's awesome. You know, I love hearing you reflect back on that because those... Sort of assignment presentations we give, and you probably listen to them now, Clay. On, being on yeah. the hiring side as a manager, is really not so much about the content. You know, I can't really remember what you presented that day. I just remember how you presented, and I yeah. remembered how confident you were, and the thought, didn't the hard work that you put into it, right? So I think that's a really good lesson for any new Semanalites listening. Is that you know it's more about understanding kind of how you tick, right? And yeah. Having all the right ideas.
1: A hundred percent, and that's an absolutely great point because. It really is. And I've told the the same thing to folks that we pushed on to the next rounds when hiring for media department is that, you know, I don't want you to spend a ton of time on this. I know you probably will anyway, but we're looking not for a strategy that we could pick up out of this assignment and go implement within our systems or within our approach, but more so, what is your thinking process? How are you evaluating the information that you have? What questions do you have out of the document that we gave you where you don't think you have enough information to put things together? So. Definitely 100% about, you know, how you think versus what you're actually presenting. Right.
0: There. Well, in little known fact, I've actually interviewed for other jobs as well, even though I've been at Semantle for 18 years now. And I'll never forget... One time I was interviewing for a very high profile global brand manager position and I was put through an assignment and I did the same thing as you, Clay. Like I studied, I remember sitting on my bed one night and like, I just had this epiphany moment. I was so excited wow. to be able to present to the president of this company. And so I always reflect back on that. And I think about the pain that we put these interviewees through, <laughs> but you almost to work at Samantha'll have to be like that passionate about going and finding the answers and then, you know, delivering them. Do you agree?
1: I agree 100% because there's something different about the group of folks that are here. There's that desire to go above and beyond continually. There there's a desire to make sure that everybody is succeeding and so I think you've got to be that type of person that you know you can do an assignment to what's been asked, you know, put your hour hour and a half into it and check some boxes or you can put your whole effort into it and do as well as you can. So when you walk away and if you were not to get the job, you could say, well, I did everything I could.
0: Well, the other thing you said as you're walking through, like even finding Semanal, is that people in the community told you Semanal is the place to be. Yeah. And I think that's so humbling because I think back to, you know, when I first got my interview here, I honestly didn't know about Semanal, but it was my friend that told me like, Misty, that's like one of the greatest agencies <laughs> in Korea, you know? And it was just really cool to be able to get that opportunity but it's also very scary
1: yeah like i went to when i graduated from richwoods in 1995 the founder's daughters were at richwoods like i believe dana was in my my graduating class and i had no idea what he did or anything about this company and then was here for another 20 years you know before i started to kind of put it together about what all it represented and what all what all the company was about so it's Really, a really huge, wonderful, powerful company here in Peoria that is almost a hidden gem type thing. So,
0: yeah, you know, I just talked about the yesterday. Our leadership meeting, we had our forty-ish anniversary celebration. Obviously, last week you were there; it was a great party. Yeah. But it was so humbling to be able to drive into downtown and see our banners up and the bridge lit, and you know, the whole Water Street shut down, and just to say who are we? How did we get here? And how are we all so lucky to be able to work for this amazing place? So just really proud of it.
1: That was really cool. And that's one of the things like that struck me when I was putting together this point of pride. You know, I, I fluctuated on a few different version of what I finally turned in. But the one thing when I was coming down Water Street and turning into park, and I saw all the banners up just stretching that street, it was one of those moments where it almost gave me tingles to know that, yeah. you know, I've been a part of this, that, you know, this is something that. I've had an impact on for, you know, a few years now and been able to help drive different things in new places. So it was a it was a really cool moment for me to see that and notice that.
0: I love the employees and clients that had built our story. All right. So let's dig into, so you find, you get the job. Talk a little bit about some of those early experiences as an associate digital strategist, kind of some of the things you learned. I remember some of your earliest projects and how excited I was that you were this weird hybrid of like <laughs> digital media, social creative, like, you know, and you, you made a mark in some of those early projects. So talk about how that felt and some of what you were proud of back then.
1: Yeah. So I tell you, it was one of the most humbling experiences so far in my professional career. Like, so I hired in, like, I literally, I applied for everything for a while and they weren't fits really, but you know, I wanted to get my foot in the door. And so finally I saw this position come up and this one, I, you know, is a fit and I was a little like uh, associate digital strategist, like, man, I've been, you know, I worked at another marketing firm for about three years where I was a blend of sales and marketing strategy and started dabbling my toes into social where I had really concentrated there for a while after uh, taking some paid courses in social, did a lot of self-study, a lot of trial and error through side projects that I had. And so I felt I was really doing pretty good as far as like a digital strategist, understanding media, understanding like Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager and various different uh, platforms and technologies that you're going to employ in the position and the duties that I that I saw for this I really like I'm like I don't need to be an associate I should just be a digital strategist I'm like come on I'm like all right but I'm gonna take my time and get in here and do this job and I walked in and I think I got through the onboarding and then started sitting in some real meetings that involve client work and some of the strategies and everything else and there was one time where I'm like holy beep I'm in the wrong spot. Like, this is, <laughs> I, it's over my head. I, I had to literally go home one night and Google UTM and figure out what that was. Sure. And it was crazy. Like, it was so many steps beyond what I had expected. Like, it's one of those cases where you think you're good and you know stuff, but you only know what you know. And you get in, and you start talking to folks that have all this experience and have done this and that and everything else. And you're like, oh, my Lord, if I uh, overestimated my capabilities at this point in time. But sure. um
0: That's a common theme, Clay. I just interviewed somebody yesterday who used the phrase imposter syndrome, right? And like a two-way person, when you come to Samantha, you feel that because of all the amazingly smart people, which it's actually a great thing. If you're the kind of person who wants to learn from everybody around you, like this is the place to be.
1: Yeah, 100%. And that's And I think it was Rhonda and Gina and, and Kelly Barr who was here. They each pulled me aside at some point and said, Hey, you know, how are you doing? How are things going? I'm like, Man, I'm like, I thought I was doing all right. And things just got crazy on me all of a sudden. They're like, You're on month two or three now. Don't worry, it'll slow down. Just give yourself another six months, seven months, sure. and you'll be all right. I'm like, It's going to take me six months to get used to this. They're like, maybe. Yeah, good, very well. It's like, it does a lot of people like, Oh my Lord. But yeah, that's, you know, and that's back to and the people in the culture. It's like finding your people that, you know, you click with, that you get along with and communicate and talk to on a daily basis as far as how you're doing, what you're going through. So, but yeah, I, uh, I thought I was in over my head for a little bit there.
0: Yeah. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about one specific project that stands out to me. Talk about when you had the tractor take over the ad and social, like, how did that come together? Because I remember you really pushed the envelope both internally and with the client. And I think there's a lesson in there.
1: There is. And I think that that's one of the reasons I'm happy to be back and look through things is like to keep pushing that. And so I believe it was the, the dream dozer kickoff project that was going on that was going to be a ton of media behind. And the client was really looking for something outside of the box or a little bit different than, than what we had done before. And there were some several ideas for an interactive game portion with it and a whole bunch of cool ideas. And I knew we were going to be on social. And I'm like, what can we do differently on social that we haven't you know, done before? How, what type of creative can we do to really catch somebody's eye and make them stop scrolling? I'd seen an organic post six months ago from a company out of the UK that it was a short video clip that mimicked the actual Facebook timeline. And it had a fly or something run across the screen. And so you like it looked real enough that you thought it was on your own screen. You go to yeah. hit it, you know, and your, yeah. your timeline would just move. And it was just like them redoing the uh, the Facebook timeline, putting some animation, like a bug in, in a, sh- a short video. And so I'm like, that's really cool. I'm like, I wonder how we could do something like that. And I just kept that in the back of my mind. Like we hadn't had any projects where that would really fit after I'd seen it up until this one. And then. Myself and the motion media team at that point in time, we started getting together and talking. And so we tried something similar, like mimicking the Facebook timeline and having a tractor go across it. Then I started reading and digging deeper and found out and realized that you couldn't in paid advertisements and in the paid placements, you can't mimic the Facebook platform. So you can't do that. You'll get your ad pulled and like can possibly get in trouble. So we had to like stop and like reset. So we started talking. I'm like, what if we just made it look like a normal ad? But like two, three seconds in, we have a dozer come across and just start, you know, pushing the ad everywhere. Just start breaking the ad up. And, you know, Jason at the time was like, that's a cool idea. I think we could do that. And so he mocked up a couple ideas and uh, we sent it off to to Chris and talked with the account team about it. And they agreed to try to put it out there and see what would happen. And sure enough, I mean, it got great, uh, great exposure. It had a number uh, of impressions right off the bat and comments and engagements because it was just something a little bit different. And so that one was a lot of fun.
0: I love that story for so many reasons. I make you tell it a lot just because (laughs) it bridged disciplines, right? You had a digital strategist working with creative and motion and media and just bringing all those things together. And I think sometimes that's one of the greatest things that we do at Symantle is not ask people to live in a box, right? But if you have an idea, make it happen. And you did. So good for you.
1: A hundred percent. Like I tell everybody that Sumantle and all the... All the realms that we operate, you know, as far as account planning, project planning, creative, motion video, media, everything that we do, we're great at all of them. Like they're like for our agency, there really are no weak spots. But the power of the agency, what really makes us awesome is when we're all allowed to work together and collaborate on the project simultaneously. That's when like the real true magic comes out and like awesome, awesome, awesome things happen. So that's one of the things I love about it.
0: All right. So I love hearing about your early experience, but let's talk about when you left. (laughs) I think that's super interesting that you actually included that in part of your point of pride. And as I mentioned earlier, I think people don't know that it's okay to sort of like explore your own journey, right? That's one of the things we believe in, Samantha, is like we don't want to keep people here if they have you know a need or desire to explore themselves in other ways. And I know this first job that you left for was the opportunity to lead a team and become a manager. And I know you have real leadership aspirations. So I want you to talk about that decision to leave, but then also this conversation that you share (laughs) in your point of pride with me, no less, where I gave you confidence that maybe I hadn't told you as much as I think of you, which I think is an amazing leadership lesson that while we can't promise the moon to anyone, if we don't tell people their aptitude and their potential, you know, maybe we aren't helping them be as confident as they could be. So anyway, just talk about that stage. And if you've carried these lessons with you now, as you're, as you're leading others.
1: I had, so I was approached by another company like LinkedIn message came through, asked a few questions, talk back and forth. And it was at the point where honestly, I was really starting to hit a stride here, I felt. So I was still doing, I was still in a digital strategy over a couple of accounts. I was slowly transitioning over to media full-time basically it's the social media strategies at that time, and then helping out with the paid media too, and was really, you know, feeling at home. And so it's weird how it all kind of happened and came together. It was out of the blue, like I said, ask, and the opportunity just represented something different. So this was a company that had a long history, but had never had uh, somebody in marketing over this effort that they were undertaking before and so it was a new position it was a new effort for a company that had been you know really well known and established so i'm like huh and part of what i put in the point of pride and what i've talked about to other people being here at Semantle, is that again with all the great work the cool things we do what we accomplish sometimes the line blurs as far as where your ideas stop and the teams begin because we take so much we do things so quickly we have so much input we have so many smart people that sometimes your ideas morph into other stuff without you even knowing it or realizing it. And while it's cool, it's like, all right. And that was really successful. We did a lot of great good for the clients, you know, awesome campaigns, efforts and all that. It's like, all right, am I successful myself? Am I good enough myself to do all this? Or is it because of all the awesome people that are around me pitching in and like, not exactly telling me that my idea sucks or I'm wrong, but like <laughs> steering it into something else. And so right. it's almost back to um, what we mentioned a bit ago, the imposter syndrome of is it me or is it the group, you know, right. that, that is that is doing all the cool work. And so that was one of the things that was in my mind, too, when I when I decided to leave was this was an opportunity for me to take on something that hadn't been done at a company before within the marketing realm that would allow me to still flex some of the same skill sets that I had and developed at Semantle, but in a different arena that I would know whether it's me or it's a team, you know, that's driving success. And so that's kind of what happened there. So I accepted the offer and I, I turned in my, uh, my notice one morning and i sent you an email about cried and we met a couple <laughs> days after uh, we talked a few times and met a couple days before uh, my last day and we we had that uh, now uh chat that lives in the back of my mind or had you know is still there the where where you made that statement so
0: yeah well i again i remember that conversation and i remember thinking at the time how driven and motivated you are i don't know that people can always see that side of you clay but to make it as far as you have in this career you believe in yourself more than you give yourself credit for and that was awesome that you put yourself out there and learned along the way i think it's interesting in your article here though you you wrote even after going to these next two stops right you went to Illinois mutual and then you went to maui gym right those were the two places you went both of which I have amazing respect for in this community and have lots of friends there. But you say, but something was missing. Semantle pushes me, pushes me to be me, to lead, to fail, to think outside the box, to be brave, to accomplish, to be my best, and to help others be their best. I think that's my favorite part of what you wrote. And I really want to understand when you say, Semantle pushes me to be me, what is it about this place that maybe was different than those others that allowed you to sort of like, find
1: you yeah that's a great question because like i still feel it and like i don't know it, it's hard for me to put my finger on and explain but there's it's something that's different and, and it's it's it comes down to the things we keep continually talk about and keep talking about here it's about to people it, it, it's you misty it's tim it's abby it's Rhonda. it's gina it's sarah it's all these Samanthaites that when i left i still missed and talked with and the fact that we try to make each other better every day is absolutely amazing. And like, like I said in the written portion, there was nothing wrong or I didn't like about the the other jobs or experiences or anything else. It just it wasn't what I had in those two and a half years at Semantel. Originally, there was something not there. It's really true that I feel. Not only in the great work we do and and the day-to-day work for our clients that I get pushed, but I really think that you and Abby and Tim, like you push us, especially as leaders, to get out of our own way, to emphasize that you're going to make mistakes and that it's going to be okay, and that if you aren't making mistakes, then you aren't trying hard enough and you need to try harder. and that isn't something I've experienced before in pretty much any work setting. And so I think that's part of it that is different for me and that I I missed and needed as well. I've discovered more about myself in those first two and a half years. Like I learned more about marketing myself in the first two and a half years. And when I've come back, it's been nothing but, you know, continual personal and professional growth, so.
0: Well, I love hearing you articulate that. And I, I definitely have seen that growth in you in terms of understanding what your your potential and what you're capable of. And I love that you mentioned all those semi because I think so much of who we are as a company is the people who work here. You said something that I wrote down. You know, we try to make each other better. And Gina was on the show a couple of days ago and said the same thing. Yeah. What is that about? Why do we push each other so hard? Where does that come from that's different maybe than other cultures? I'm not sure.
1: Like, I, again, I think it goes back to something like that's inside of people. Like, I'm sure that, that it's similar at other companies somewhere in the U.S., but like, I haven't met anything like it yet. And I think it's just that that desire to succeed, that desire to be successful, the desire to do the best, but also understanding throughout that that need to, you know, do the best and be the best that all of us are human too, and that right. we're not always going to have the right answers. We're not always going to be the smartest person in the room. We're continually going to need input from each other. And I think that that level of understanding that's there and then the the culture and the getting to know each other outside of what my degrees are, what I concentrate in and all that and like what my kids names are, how you right. guys are doing, how selling the house going. Is that level of of respect and camaraderie that you had that we know we're not going to let each other fail. And it's not, you know, all right, we got to do this, this, and this to make sure that a client gets a deliverable. It's like, I need to do this, this, and this to make sure that so-and-so has everything they need to do their job the best they can. So Yes,
0: I love that. Well, I think it's awesome that you say my point of pride is just being back here and being welcome back, being part of something that is more than just great marketing but being part of a great group of people who I believe genuinely want to help each other succeed and do the best work possible. So I love that. I love that you shared this whole journey as your point of pride. (laughs) I think some of the people that we asked struggled to say, well, it's hard to name just one thing because it's kind of the whole experience, right? right? From start to finish. Yeah. And a lot of people wrote it that way, actually, which has been great.
1: Yeah, this has just been a wonderful opportunity. Like I'm glad to get to share. I tell everybody I love telling my crazy work story because I think there's a lot of things a lot of different people can take away no matter where you are, like in your life. You know, I started late, you know, it it took me, I joke with everybody and say that I got a gold watch from ICC because it took me like 15 years to get out of there. But at the same time, you know, then in a matter of two years, I walked out of Bradley with two degrees and a little bit later, you know, I got a master's degree as well. So it's like colleges might not be right for you at a certain point in time. And that's all right. Don't worry that's about right. it. You know, you're going to find your groove sooner or later. And so it's like, take your time, discover, live life, learn more about yourself and be as knowledgeable as about yourself and continue to learn and grow. And you'll fall into the right path. At, when the, when the time's right.
0: Absolutely. Before I let you go, talk a little bit about your current role. So today you oversee our media team and it has grown substantially in the past year, thanks in no small part to your efforts. (laughs) So tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing today, kind of what you're focused on and kind of I'll even push you to tell a little bit about what you want to do next because, sure. of course, Misty pushes Clay <laughs> and makes sure that he knows that he's capable of doing so much. So what's on the horizon?
1: Sure. So uh, yeah, right now I came back as associate media director, so I'm leading a team of seven other people. When I came back, we began to restructure and, and realign how the department was set up. We've changed a lot of processes. We've implemented a lot of new procedures just to try to streamline the work as much as possible, because organically our, our business in the media realm continues to just grow with all the cool work that we're doing with our clients. I want to get to a point where we're looking at media as a standalone offering where I can bring in new business from a media aspect by itself, from how we can run and what we can do from a paid media standpoint, and then, you know, blossom that into other creative and strategy opportunities. So I've been really focused on structuring the team, building that up. So, but yeah, it's been a great 14 months there. We've made a lot of strides, hired a lot of people, got a lot of cool people on the team that are doing wonderful work. So proud of each and every single one of them. So yeah, that's where we're headed right now. Myself, I love media. I always have. Like As soon as we Talked about bringing media back in-house before I took off the first time. I knew I wanted to be a part of it, and that's why I snuck my way over to uh, run the paid social. I've always enjoyed what the media departments get to do. I mean, you do. You get to talk about strategy. You get to talk about creative and how the creative fits into the different channels and tactics as far as what we're going to do and how we're going to reach client goals. So it's been one of those. One of those areas that it's continually changing. So you're always learning. It's never the same thing. So that's why I've loved it. I'll probably always have some sort of hand in media just because of my experience with it and the joy that like good strategy for media brings me. Part of me, though, still, and this is what Misty is referencing that we've had some chats about that. Dream, desire, uh, original idea coming out of high school, going into sports psychology or psychology at some point, still lives in my my brain somewhere. Like the teaching, the coaching, the helping people—that has always been one of my favorite things. When I get to sit down with either new media team members or new account planners, project planners, and I get to talk to them about media or marketing or digital strategy items they're not familiar with and can give them information that is potentially going to help them in their path and their career, or at least in the current job role. Like, I love that. I walk out of those meetings completely energized, like teaching and helping people learn. It's just a fantastic feeling for me. And so combining that with the idea of helping people, I have an idea or a desire to pursue coaching in some aspect as like a, a professional business slash personal coach to really make sure that everybody is following the path that they should be, or at least help them find that path even much like you all have been able to do for me. Like, and that's a couple of the things, you know, in the last year and a half that that's really sprung out is working with various coaches and talking with Abby and Misty and thinking about myself outside of Samantha and outside of media, you know, what drives me and what I love. And so, you know, that's some way, shape or form. That's where I'm headed at some
0: point. Well I'm so proud of you and I love that we share that sort of passion right you know right. I have a side business called the Misty Effect which right. is coaching and consulting and training and so you and I put our heads together on that a lot and I in Samantha's 40ish years haven't seen such a contingent of people so passionate about bridging sort of that personal and professional development so i'm glad you're on the bus to help me figure that out and i definitely think that you will be doing that in some capacity at semantle or you know on a broader scale so good for you clay appreciate it yeah awesome Well, are there any last words of wisdom you want to share? It's kind of where we're ending these conversation. You know, we don't know if employees or clients will be listening to this, but, you know, what are some of your secrets to success or pieces of advice that you would love to sort of pass along given your winding career your span, <laughs> and your visions for the future?
1: Um, man, I would say just if you stay passionate, if you stay dedicated to work, once you find an avenue that you're that you're interested in, just pursue it with a reckless abandon. Just go for it, because, I mean, that's that's how I ended up where I am. By, you know, at the age of 35, finding a discipline within you know the the business world that I knew would hold my attention, that interests me, that that I enjoyed learning about, and so you know I went after it. I got the two degrees, and then I got a master's degree, and I do self-study all the time on different things. So it's like, once you find that arena, just go for it. And I have, uh, you know, a lot of the times I've had this I'm a little more driven than some because I have this chip of it took me so long to find, you know, chips on my shoulder. It took me so long to find my path. I think that, like, I continually say, I'm like, well, I'm like 15 years behind everybody else. So I've got to do twice the work. So, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, you know, find your passion. It's one of those things. Follow your dreams. Just just make it happen. Whatever you put your mind to, you're going to be able to accomplish and just, you know, be patient with it that there are no real overnight successes that there's a whole lot of hard work that's behind the scenes. is just about everything. So don't get frustrated. Don't give up, just work at it, keep driving, find that thing that you care about and that you like and, and turn it into something that you want to do the rest of your life.
0: And this is why you're going to be a great coach, Clay. I loved it. Great motivational message. And I would add to that by saying that, at Samantha, I've always said that, you know, we've been able to build an unbelievable business on the passions of other people. And so we're gonna keep doing that. You're a big part of that story. Thank you for sharing your point of pride and for being on the show.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me back and having me back here on the
0: show. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again. Thanks, Bye. I'm so proud of how Clay has grown how he continues to push himself, and of course, the way he pays it forward every day, nurturing his fellow Semanalites. I was so disappointed when he left because I felt like we were losing such a great asset. But at the same time, I was happy for him and his opportunity to chase his dream. So I'm really excited to welcome him back. To hear more Semanal Point of Pride stories, go to marketingsweats.com or wherever you get your podcasts and check out the rest of the episodes in our very special season six. You can hear more about this story told through Clay's eyes by visiting the 40-ish anniversary page on samanl.com. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.